Welcome back to Factory Sealed. It is October 30th, 2013. My name's Eric Peterson. Joining me today is Aaron Robison. Hello. Jess Clarkson. Hello. And the newest permanent member, Kev Byer. Don't call me permanent. I can be as ignorant as I want. <laughs> I like that voice. We can hear you a lot better already. Nothing wrong with my mic either. You can hear yourself just fine. That's right. So are you, are, I know you've said this before, but are you actually using the old plug-in Xbox 360 microphone that goes into the controller and then the controller into the computer? Yeah, that's the only way that you can do it. That's the shittiest podcast setup ever. It is the best podcast setup because I can podcast from my couch because of this setup. We could probably get a better recording if you called me and I held the phone up to my microphone as well. I was actually thinking about that. I was thinking it might be better quality if I used my iPad and used Skype on there. You should try it because the Skype microphone or the 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 microphone on the iPad is pretty good. Do you know why? Do, you shut it's up. An Apple Products are awesome. Oh, fuck off. No, they're not. They're the worst. Apple for the win. They're the absolute worst. Don't you have an iPad? Don't you have multiple iPads? I got it at work. Oh, so that, so that's acceptable. Yeah. I deal with those things on a daily basis. We have like 1,500 of them around the district, and they're just a pain in the ass. Because for as simple as Apple products are supposed to be, you think they would make it easy for an educational institution to implement them in the classroom. But no, it's the most complicated, god-awful procedure that is never the same twice. Because it just fucks up and says, hey, I don't want to work today, and then you can't get it to work. Maybe, maybe that's your policies. Maybe if your teachers in America were actually intelligent and could teach their students without a computer doing it for them, you wouldn't have this problem. And then I wouldn't have a job. Oh, yeah, I guess. Move to Canada land where you could probably just be a teacher. And get paid a lot more. Could we live with you? Just saying. Yeah, but uh, your rent is going to be really expensive. <laughs> just mine? Yeah, just yours. Okay. What about uh, Christie's? No, she's free. What about the kid? Oh, well, yeah. The, kid's not there yet. the kid will be here in March. We will worry about that when March comes. Okay. We're going to put the crib in your room, and then you can take care of nighttime feedings. Okay. Deal. So what's going on? How's everybody doing? Good Good week? Exciting? <laughs> it's all right. Anything exciting happen? Because, Aaron, we only got to experience your loveliness for... I think it was about six minutes last show. Yeah, but it was a it was a good six minutes. It so, was. It was very productive. Yeah. But uh, let's see. I don't know. Not not a whole lot to action happened this uh, past week for me. It's the uh, the usual work. Are you finding you have more time for video games with your new job? Not working a little... at a video game store. <laughs> yes, actually. Yes, actually, I do. Oh, okay. Good. I'm glad. Not 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 a significantly amount more, but yes, I do have time to actually sit down and play, which is nice. Hmm. But with the fall coming, you know, you got all those like yard work you got to get done and prepare just prepare for the winter. Let the let the leaves fall, and then let the snow fall on top of the leaves, and then you don't have to worry about it until next year. 
Yeah, yeah. and then you get little what are, like mice and field rats that burrow in there. What under the snow? Are you crazy? They'll just die. Snow is an insulator. No, if there's yeah, if there's leaves under underneath, like big pile of leaves, and then the snow goes on top of it, you could probably survive in it. it don't you guys all live eat? in igloos? Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, Kev's in igloo land for sure. Yeah, that's why the mice here definitely do not survive. Well, because was that Eads or was that you that was telling me that? Um, Grand Prairie, which is, what, five, six hours from you, or an hour and a half if you're driving, is the northernmost populated city in the world, right? Uh, That was definitely not me. You sure? I'm pretty sure I said that about Edmonton. Maybe it's Edmonton. Not about Grand Prairie. I live in, like, fake Canada, where we don't really have cold weather as much as everywhere else, but we complain about it the most. (laughs) It's pretty good. That's a good title to give yourselves. Because you're in Toronto? Toronto. 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 I tried to listen to the Batman show to get that Why would you do that to yourself? I don't know. We should have like a, what is, disclaimer before (laughs) you download this I feel like we should have slept on that show before we posted it. Please don't judge us. But no, I, I I posted something on Facebook about what are your favorite moments from our show, and I'm sitting here thinking, you know, we've we've had some good shows. We had Elias to Texas. We had some pretty good conversations about Aladdin. We had some other stuff, and then Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, I hope that's not anybody's I highlight. Think we might have got him on a bad day. No, that guy was pretty <laughs> fucked up that day, sick or something. I don't I don't want to. No I, I like the guy. Great, great guy. Fun to talk to. I just... Yeah. It didn't jive. Yeah. It didn't jive. Oh, well. But at least, like, our worst show isn't our fault. <laughs> Woo! Bonus to us. <laughs> well, technically it is because we made that show happen. So. Uh, I'll, I'll... Say that the Batman guy phoned you guys and begged to be on the show. Oh, he needed publicity. Yeah, totally yeah. what happened. Okay. Deal. Mm. So who's excited for Halloween? No, Let's... <laughs> just flat no. <laughs> Why? Not this guy. I don't. I don't know. I've never been. I've never been too much of a Halloween person since I hit adulthood. Halloween's the best time of year. I. I'm pretty much the same as Eric. I'm just like, eh, whatever. Halloween's not that big of a deal. Look, yeah. the best time of year. Is like November second. No, it's November fifth. November fifth. Yes. Why November fifth? I don't, don't want. Is it? Remember, remember the fifth of November. But no, but that's a good time too because then all the candy that you couldn't go trick or treating for is on sale at all the stores. Yes, that yeah, was that the. Is, yeah. That was that the best part about being an adult because you have <laughs> you have disposable income and you go to the store and you just stock up. Screw going door to door. I'm just going to go buy it. Do you have right. disposable income? Don't you? I want of course he does. He's always income. spending. He's always spending money. He's Isn't money that? Bags. I live in America. We all do. Oh, true. I don't got this. I don't got disposable <laughs> money. <laughs> Sign up for the government dole. They'll give you some. I guess. Yeah, just go on that sweet, sweet welfare stuff. 
Woo. But is your government working again? Define, well, define working. working. <laughs> <laughs> they are not working in that they are a good at what they do. Okay. It is functioning in that the pre-established departments are functioning again. Oh. Whether or not they're doing anything is anybody's best guess. I see. So, um, I got to experience a school lockdown this week. Oh, yeah. I read that on your... You took it really seriously. I'm very happy that you uh, were committed to this. There are few things in life that I take seriously, and I mean few. (laughs) Um, But no, that was that was one of them. Because as a teacher, you know, you get together and say, "Okay, we're going to do a lockdown drill on this day," and you go through your procedures. And the teacher, the principal, gets on and says, "Attention, staff and students, this is a lockdown." And then you all huddle in the corner and you sit there and then they just do whatever they need to do to make sure everybody's following the rules. And then they get back on and say, thank you, lockdown concluded, get back to your day. And then you just go on your day. But there was something about this one when the intercom came on and it wasn't the principal and it was a very panicked sounding secretary that I instantly knew, yep, this one's real. And, (laughs) you know, you just, you, you know in the back of your mind that it's real and you kind of forget what to do, but yet you still just do what needs to be done because you've you've practiced it and you've done it before. And you just kind of you go out in the hall, you sweep for kids, you go check the bathroom for kids, get everybody in the classrooms where they need to be. And then you just lock the door and cover the windows and just kind of wait it out. And initially, I mean, I, I thought it was I, I think I knew it was real. But when I looked out the front window and I saw cop cars coming up, I'm like, yeah, this is uh, this is definitely not good. Um, they didn't, they didn't let us know anything that was going on. Um, but one of the, uh, instructional coaches came in to the room where I was and just let me know, yep, this is real. Um, we'll, we'll fill you on on what's going on later. And, and probably about 25, 30 minutes later, I was back down in the office after they gave the all clear and just asked the secretary, what, what happened? And she goes, well, it was just one of the cafeteria workers got a little, a little out of control, like, Okay, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not going to push for information, but you know, being technology, I I have access to the camera system, so uh, <laughs> I just grabbed some popcorn and watched. Well, hello NSA. That was that was my full intention was to see what happened, but then I'm in the front office helping some other teachers out with their their computers and iPads and stuff, and I get a phone call from the assistant principal of that school, and he asked if I was still on campus, and. Sure enough, I went back to their office, the principal's office, and all the district administrators were around, police officers are like, we need to see what happened. So I had to pull up the camera system, and we all got to stand around and watch it. And and you're like, shocker, I never realized I had access to this. I it would never have occurred to me to creep on this video and uh, see what's happening in the secretly, teacher's lounge. Secretly, in the back of my mind, I'm sitting here thinking, yes, now I get to watch this video legitimately and not have to be coy about it. But no, it was it was without going into too much detail, just because I don't I don't know what legally I can say and can't say. But um, one of the cafeteria workers, the whole thing happened in the kitchen, and one of the cafeteria workers, she'd been on medical leave for a while, just kind of a little off, and she made all the other cafeteria workers feel a little uneasy, and she had just been cleared to come back. And but you know, her doctors gave her all these notes and said, "Yep, she's she's perfectly fine." So she came back, and she'd been back a couple days, and uh, 
we're watching the video and she's just kind of ambling around the kitchen with no point, just kind of pacing around. And then she goes into the back, opens a drawer and pulls out a big butcher knife. And when most mm. when most people grab a knife by the handle, they usually grab it with the blade pointing up like they're about to cut something. She grabbed it the other way, stabbing position with the blade down. And she tucked it down next to uh, next to the side of her leg and started walking towards some of the other cafeteria workers. And when some of them passed, she took the knife and like hit it down by the side of her legs. And and um, she walked around to the front of the kitchen and there's a huge mylar balloon and she grabbed it and just started aggressively stabbing the balloon, walked around the counter, threw the knife in a drawer and then just gave this creepy stare to all the other people. And that was just kind of like, all right, we got to get out of here now. And uh, everybody took off. They called over the radio. Um, you know, this lady's going crazy with a knife, and principal locked it down, and police were there probably six minutes later. So maybe um, she just really hated balloons. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to me like she was just letting off some stress, and you guys all overreacted. Seriously. <laughs> but when you put yourself in that situation, though, where would you rather overreact or underreact? Because had she uh, been seriously psychotic with the knife and gone after the kids in the cafeteria? Americans. Yeah, Americans are crazy. It's been real bad. <laughs> really the only way you can put it. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, it's, it really wasn't that serious. It's not like there was somebody on campus with, with guns. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you still just got to take it seriously because people on campus felt threatened by somebody else. So That's a good point. And but. as an administrator, you don't take that risk. You know, it's worth it to lock the school down to protect 1,100 kids. 1,100 right. kids? Are you high school? No, this is an elementary, K through 8. That is a crazy amount of students. That's actually pretty low for the schools. because there's population in the states, unlike Canada. We only have, like, a singular line of population. It's just one <laughs> family tree? All by the border. Oh. Oh, I thought you meant one line of lineage, just all the oh, same. No. You just keep it in the family. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there a... I don't know why I'm thinking of this. This is I, I've I've read about this, but I think it's Iceland, Iceland or Greenland, where there's not many people whatsoever. There's actually a, an app for your smartphone that when you're out in public and you meet people, you you touch phones with this app, and it lets you know if you're related to each other because there's such a random incest problem. <laughs> that is amazing. Didn't you ever watch Mighty Ducks? Iceland is really nice. Because it's not actually as cold as Greenland. Yeah, maybe that's it's... That's the one that's really bad. Maybe it's Greenland because it's just this couple cities and everybody has sex with each other. We found out that my kitten might be an incest kitten. Does it have a huge... Sorry? I said, aren't like 50% of kittens incest kittens? I wouldn't be surprised. Does your kitten no. have a gigantic tongue? Um, no, her tongue hangs out a little bit, but sometimes when she's tired, her, like, third eyelid covers half of her eye, and she looks like she could be semi-retarded, so, like, yeah, that's that's a point in the incest category, I think. We need, but, we need pictures. Oh, I will tweet some pictures of my, uh, spazzy-looking kitten. That sounds hmm. awesome. Yep. What else? Anybody right. else have anything else exciting happen? Um, um, well, uh, wait, Aaron, I, I have a question I, for you. 
Yes. We were trying to figure this out last last week because you were very vague with your description of saline. Sailing. <laughs> okay. Were you were you like in short shorts and boat shoes and like a little captain's hat out there in your in your sailboat or No, I was bundled up in about three layers of clothing, wearing a winter jacket and a hat, wearing gloves on a boat fishing. A motorboat. That sounds like a terrible day. It was a yeah, lot of fun. Cut me a nice little walleye. Are you one of those people that drives your truck out onto the lake to fish? No. Okay. Like you mean ice fishing? Yeah. yeah not you can't drive on water. I don't do the ice fishing. But like it's not even ice fishing temperature right now. That's because I was in a boat. It wasn't the front lakes wasn't frozen. I was just Maybe he oh, has one of those amphibious vehicles that can go on both land and water, like the ducks. I thought you meant like he was ice fishing when he was gone. I have no idea. No. I've lost Never all mind. track of this conversation. I'm on painkillers. It's fine. Yeah. That's your excuse um, for a lot of things. I know because I'm on I, a lot. Let's see. Since the last time we were on, I was on that little six minute time. Uh, for the third time uh, during my campaign on my on my on my Pathfinder table, I had a, a total party kill. Oh, you were tweeting or Facebooking about that, weren't you? Wait, start over. Yeah. Third time for what? So okay, so every Sunday a game, uh, tabletop games, you know, D and D and D and D Pathfinder, and I'm DMing right now. And for the third time in this campaign, I had a total party kill. Is that? <laughs> Is that good? It's it's well, it's it's, it's good, good for if you're Aaron. an asshole the DM, but how the players can you don't have get any fun into that there. situation three times? Yeah, isn't well, it mostly their fault? You know, it's it came. Some of it came down to being their fault. It's bad rolls. Like they could not roll above a five to save their lives. They I mean, like, are you the type of DM who gets terrible. really into it? Like wears costumes and throws your voice and like spend sits up all night writing out no. these scenarios. <laughs> no, not at all. Because you used to draw maps for Faxanity. I could that actually. Uh, don't we can't even talk about maps because apparently my map drawing skills at the table are terrible. And that's Even all, after it. all that yeah. practice you got. Well, the Pax Anadu map and a and d map are two different things. How are they different? It's a two-dimensional map. Because it's on a map of the Pax Anadu, you can just write, okay, you got to go here, got to go up, go down. On a, on a battle map, you have to, like, draw out the squares and figure out where the walls are. So get a ruler. Get a square. Get a They have, like, maps that are, like, block, like, chart maps. Yeah, get graph paper. You guys, it has I a lines written a, for you. I already had a grid. I have a grid thing, and you take a black marker and you draw on the grid. So yeah. how is that harder than a Faxanadu map? Because it's the lines are harder. there for it's like tracing. You learn that in first grade. <laughs> Clearly, you have not never drawn on. on Apparently, the grid. you had a better education than we I did. I took because you can figure out algebra. time zones. You can figure out <laughs> drawing lines. <laughs> Maybe they maybe they discussed the whole Draw drawing on graph paper just after the whole time zone lesson. That was probably the same day. We all miss it, <laughs> except for you. Yeah, I was there. Because you're a rock star. I was there with bells on. And that was also 
the first Glee Club meeting as well. Mm, Glee Club was a few years later. Leave me alone. That was show choir then. It was. Glee Club. Was it, was it handbell choir? No, handbell choir is where I went when I was in show choir and broke my hand. How do you break your hand in show choir? Did you not listen to the last show? He was doing too many jazz hands. They're very intense. Like <laughs> They told me make a fist and then have your fingers explode out of your fist. And I did Spirit it so fingers. hard I broke both my hands. Jesus. Yeah, I, I, I listened to the show while I was at work, so I might have missed that part of it. No, I was at a handbell festival and got so bored I fell off the bleachers and broke my hand. Jeez, way to go. Yeah, don't ever go to a handbell festival, especially a national one. People fly in from around the country for it. Yeah, yeah no, it's like it's a pretty rocking good time. They're all like 80 years old and they've got their duffel bags full of bells and they're just polishing them and then they all get their special white gloves and ding. <laughs> yep, that sounds like the most exciting thing that I've ever heard of in my entire life. It's not I agree. exciting. You know what is exciting? So, the fact three? that Jess finally got a taste of shitty Mac medicine. Shut up! <laughs> I get a frantic message from Jess the other day saying, Oh my god, my Mac destroyed my game save. <gasps> Tell us yeah. about that, Jess. How does that make you feel? I feel totally cool, calm, and collected because I upgraded to um, OS Mavericks and now my world is just complete. Was it perhaps um, that upgrade that caused your game save to not work? No, it totally wasn't at all. Um, so in the Mac version of Visual Boy, Visual Boy Advance, whatever mm-hmm. it's called, um, you can't actually... Like, you can't have battery saves. You can only do free state, and you only get one slot. So somehow, it um, changed the free state on me. I swear I'm not to blame. And it was, like, when I went to defrost it, it was on the opening screen. Ooh. So. Which is awesome. There's, there's actually an emulator that only gives you one save state? Yeah. Because all, like, all the ones I've ever had just map it to, um, like the the either the F one through twelve or the one through nine or one through zero buttons. Yeah, because I looked at um, I <laughs> my other computer is the shittiest laptop in existence, and when I downloaded it, the PC version, it's so different. It's yeah. so much better, and you do have like all the ten slots, uh-huh. um, and you can import save states as well. Whereas my options are. Not so much that. Have you guys ever had success with emulators actually using battery states or battery saves? I didn't even know that was possible. I didn't think it was possible either because when you go to save your game using the in-game save point, it'll show you your current amount of time you've played. But if you were to just reload the game and then go to the start menu and go to load, mine never shows up. So I always have to make sure I'm using the save states. Yeah, I swear there was one. Oh, let me do it. I can't remember. It might have been the PCSX. 
all the PS1 version of the PS1 game. Yeah, but um, anyway, this only had like one save that you could possibly do, and it was. So when yours got corrupted, you were just starting chapter three or just starting chapter two? I pretended that I was totally involved with chapter two and you're like, no, you just started. Yeah, you you hadn't even left the house yet with uh, Duster. But I was I was saved because I found some. Well, I tried to use your save state and it didn't work. But anyway. Yeah, that's strange because I sent mine from... I'm playing mine on a PSP emulator, and apparently it saves it in .svs format, but you needed .save? Yeah, and I, like, oh my god, Googled the hell out of trying to find tutorials on how to change from a .svs to a .sav. That's so weird because when I pulled them off, (gasps) I could have swore it said .sav, but I went through the same thing as you probably three times because the PSP emulator when you do a save state you have to make sure that you actually exit the game fully or exit the emulator fully otherwise when you come back in for some reason it corrupts that game save so i have 10 available slots so i'll do a game save i'll go back into the game take two steps make another save make two steps make another save and do that for all 10 slots and then i'll exit just in case one of them gets corrupted so saving is quite a process and it's the worst ever because We've tried to do all this like progress by weekly, so, and I was like, my life is ruined. Uh, give it to us straight. How did you make it through the end of chapter three? No. How close did you even get to chapter three? Um, I got my emulator working on my laptop, so that was awesome. So no. <laughs> Kev, did you get to chapter three? Uh, I managed to play a grand total of zero mother three. And Aaron? Nope. Damn it! <laughs> We're going to have to postpone that till next show, then. And it's, I was having an awesome pumpkin carving competition as well, so... It's... Just to give you a heads up, <laughs> Chapter 3 is awesome. It throws this really crazy twist into the game that I'm trying to figure out exactly where they're going to go with it, but you remember in Chapter 2 as... Duster, when you're heading out to Osho Castle, you come across this strange traveler who gives another dude a bag of money. Yes. You play as that traveler about two hours before he comes to Tasmali Village. Hmm. And then you get to Tasmali, you you go through that whole process of giving him that money, and then you actually are re-experiencing Osho Castle from the other perspective as this this merchant. And it's it's interesting because he's trying to um, instill this sense of commerce within this this community. And some people are all like, yeah, maybe money will make me happy. And like, that's that's kind of what I'm getting out of this is this guy's trying to show people that money buys happiness. And other it people totally are like, does. other people are like, no, fuck that. Uh, and then I'm just going to go back to chopping wood and petting my pigs and <laughs> petting my pigs. It's interesting. I don't want to spoil anything for you because it's kind of cool. Um, you you learn. You're starting to learn the truth behind those pig creatures. I hate them. You might not hate them so much after chapter three. I totally hate them. They rip poor little animals. That from caribou their homes. is ten times more badass than it ever was before it was part robot. No, 
because then you have to kill it. So I'm sorry. I'd rather be a boring old caribou. No, that totally seems like a, a human caribou. decision. They didn't have to kill the caribou. Well, yeah, if the caribou has like rapid rabies, whatever the hell they've It doesn't been doing. have rabies. It's part robot. Yeah, but it was attacking. Well, who's to say who attacked first? I think the robot caribou was the one who attacked first. No, I think in the game, clearly, they walked up to it and attacked it. No, it says, like, the crazy caribou is going to attack you. You must defend your life by killing this caribou. Is that what it said? Because the pig creatures are awful. I feel like it did actually say that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Maybe by the end, you just won't have any idea who you're supposed to be rooting for. Maybe you just root for everyone because, hey, it's a Game Boy Advance game. Everyone wins. <laughs> I don't it's like know. Game of Thrones. Yeah. But except in that, everyone loses. <laughs> so sad. So we can't really talk about Mother 3. Um, we, what else did we really have on the docket for this week? Bubble Bobble. Uh, Yes. Was it Bubble Bobble or was it Bust a Move? Bust a Move. I'm sorry. Bust a Move. Yeah, I didn't play that either. So You are the shittiest color star. Yeah, we don't hand out too many shit colored stars and you get one this week. I feel like we've always had I feel that every show that I've listened to has been you guys giving Aaron a shit colored star. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You're right. Um (laughs) So you you didn't play any of that, Jess? Did you? Yeah, and I realized that um, I am so much better at snood. <laughs> snood. <laughs> I was playing. I was playing that on my phone. I actually got a SNES emulator for my phone finally, and uh, I was farting around with it. And I got up to level twenty five. I think I sent you guys a text about this with with bust a move your score accumulates as you go and then when you die your score resets yet you stay at the same level so you've lost all that potential score so i think i made it to about level 25 before i finally died for the first time and i had like 22 million for a score and it went and eh, see ya yeah but you didn't take a screenshot uh i have i'm at level 23 right now i could take a screenshot of that damn it i thought i was gonna win by default Mm-mm. You can't win by default by not playing. No, I totally played it, and I took screenshots. Well, you have screenshots, and Eric doesn't, so... I win. I will take a screenshot right now. <laughs> I'm gonna... By default. Oh, shut up. There's a there's a background about halfway through level 13, I think it starts oh, in, where it's the it. bubbles that go up. I got so sick looking at that. That's... I sucked at all of those levels i felt like i was getting motion sickness it was horrible yeah it was (laughs) rough um there's really not a lot to talk about with that game other than the fact that if you're good at snood you're probably going to be good at this game what came out first snood or this game this game totally came out first but then again i'm gonna fact check it because apparently i was stupid in the last show uh Right, Kev? No, I'm even going to say no, it. I've, I've never heard you do anything stupid, Eric. Never heard of you doing anything stupid ever. Never. I'm always never spot ever. on. Yep. Hmm. I, you know what? I don't want to fact check this crap. I'm just going to say that Bust a Move came out first. If, you're wrong, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Deal with it. 
that'll be the new uh, tagline of the show. You're not coming here for correct information. Oh. We may be wrong. Just deal with it. Just deal with it. Look it up yourself. So what did you guys... I thought it was... Oh, oh, just kidding. What? I was going to say, I thought it was a lot of fun, though. Like, it's totally a... I can do this instead of doing anything else because I'm procrastinating a lot this week kind of game. It's super frustrating, though. Because I feel like the the, uh, detection... Not detection, but where the bubbles actually end up versus where you're aiming isn't always perfectly accurate. That's why I like Snood better because, like, I played it on my computer. I don't know if I played this on my computer, it would be better, but I felt like um, the control was a little bit nicer because it is true. Like, um, it can be very tedious and you try to move it slightly, but it completely just well, I puts think, it in a different position. I think each of the bubbles only has eight lock on points around it. So if you really need to finesse it around, you just even get close to one of those lock on points, it grabs onto the ball and you're stuck. And mm. it's the worst because you feel like it's actually going to go through and then it sticks to another one. And I, but yet, yeah, I get when really you make one of those badass bank shots through a tight little gap and knock down the whole level in two shots, there's no better feeling. That's true because sometimes it works and it shouldn't work. And I'm like really excited when it does. And then you <laughs> so, chalk it up to pure skill. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe you shouldn't be complaining too much. So mm-hmm. Kev did make a suggestion for a game that I was actually glad he made. Um, Kev, what else did you play this week or attempt to play? Uh, I attempted to play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. TMNT or, 1 or TMNT 2? Uh, TMNT 2. The arcade game. The arcade game. All right, tell me about this game. Uh, so I busted out my Nintendo for this one. I didn't play emulator mm-hmm. or anything like that. Took me about... 10 to 15 minutes of, you know, just loving the Nintendo, blowing in its ears, telling it, <laughs> you can turn on, it's okay. Is Don't give me that red flashing light. I love uh, This is the uh, same NES that would power cycle on us when we were in Dr. Wily's castle. <laughs> that, that wasn't its fault. Bullshit it wasn't. <laughs> so yeah, it took me about 15 minutes to get uh, the game actually going. And when it started, it had just these little lines every so often of, like, distortion. Or I don't really know how to explain it, but, like, little little things that shouldn't be where they were. Okay. And gradually, as I played, these little lines just started growing and growing and growing. <laughs> and then by the time I hit the boss of the first level... Uh, they had basically taken up the entire screen, so it was a jumble of just pixels. Uh, I could see the turtle perfectly and the enemies perfectly, but anything on, else on the map was just completely scribbled and you couldn't make it out <laughs> whatsoever. It's like Langoliers, the video game. <laughs> so you didn't so, make it very oh, far. Okay. Uh, I made it to the boss of the second level, but because uh, my hit points, weren't able to move they were completely illegible too yeah so i was i had no idea how many hit points i have and in the arcade game there's there's a couple attacks you have you have just your basic attack when you're standing still you have a jump kick and then you have a special move where you hit both of the buttons at the same time and you'll do like a jumping swinging attack with your weapon 
but every time you do that, it takes one health away unless you're at one health, and then it'll be free. Hmm. So, so couldn't you just you... spam that attack the whole time and just hope you don't get hit? Well, yeah, but I mean, until you're at one health, it's never, it never, you never want to use it when you're not at one health, essentially. Yeah, I suppose. But I had no idea when I was going to be at one health, so I'm just like, whatever. So you're just using it the whole time. And being on a boss fight from the beginning with one health is just never a good idea. (laughs) Those boss fights are nothing to mess around with, especially when you're playing by yourself. I remember them being a lot easier with four people, but one person, you're going to die at least twice. Uh, Not twice. Pretty much, unless you're really good, you'll die on every boss once. Yeah. The, the the later bosses start to get really difficult. Um, the one down in the sewer kicked my ass quite a few times. Yeah, yeah I didn't get super far in that game because I played it today. Do you remember playing it in the arcade at least? Um, yes, but I also like I played. Um, I forget what Ninja Turtles I did play a lot when it, I was younger. Isn't that the exact same one that's in the arcade? Uh, yeah. But they the graphics are significantly worse. They're pretty much the same. <laughs> Why do I have such a grandiose image of what the Turtles game looked like? Think... Uh because you're crazy. Well, there's two different uh, Turtles games that Did they do a re- Did they do an HD remake? You need to fact check mm. yourself. No, you're No, the arcade one did look a little bit better. Yeah, I'm going to go with the arcade one looked better. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I don't you, know. you played the side-scrolling one, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. I I really like the other one. Which other one? What's the over-the-top view? And then you had oh, the, side, the first side one. View. Yeah, yeah. That, one, that one was totally crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I think that, that one. one is the one I'm thinking of that I played more. I just remember there was one level in that game where you had to go around collecting rockets and you had the turtle van and you had to fire the rockets at these doors to blow them open. But there was only one path you could take that would get you to the end of the level because you couldn't get enough rockets to just blow open doors all (laughs) willy-nilly. It's just like, thanks, game. Thanks, I'm eight years old and I have to go in the perfect, perfect sequence in order to beat this level. Uh, isn't there a um, isn't there a level in that game where you're I want to maybe I'm thinking something else, but you're actually like a top down view of the turtle so like they crawl under their shell and they're crawling around like the turtle or am I thinking of something else prob- I don't know yeah I don't remember that at all I don't maybe I haven't played that game then I've probably just played the arcade one I don't or know. maybe Ninja Turtles 3. Maybe. But you were saying you didn't really like it? Um, I'm not a huge fan of side-scrolling brawlers. I never really got into the whole Streets of Rage um, games like that. It's just, I don't know. Those were always just the perfect games to play at an arcade if you were going to go to the arcade for a couple hours. Well, yeah. 
but to sit at home and play and like Double Dragon, you know, Streets of Rage, not I mean they're great games. I just don't. They're, I think they're designed specifically for arcades to suck your quarters away, and that's oh, great. Yeah. Oh, for sure. that's, I don't know. That's what pretty much every game on an arcade does. Yeah, and those games are great for arcade, but they don't transfer well into the living room. So you feel a certain amount of satisfaction every time you have to put in a quarter. Yeah, because then like, for me... I love spending money on this game over and over. Well, there's a little you bit more at stake. income. Yeah, even it's as a fine. kid. But there's more at stake. Like, hey, I put this quarter in, I better do my dang best. Whereas here, it's like, I'm just going to hammer on the attack button, and if I die, I'll just continue again. I feel like Grandma gave you a lot of quarters, so you didn't really no, have to he try didn't, that. Yeah, he didn't know what it was like for the rest of us. I just had to go to the arcade with $2 a week, and that's all you'd get. You're out 10 minutes later. well mom i'll come back next week okay the one side scrolling beat-em-up that i did really enjoy was golden axe i've always really liked that game golden axe is good i remember i spent a lot of money on that in arcades i can't remember playing that on consoles i i think i've only ever played that in arcade and then it was in the sega genesis collection and i played it for a little bit but it just didn't. It didn't translate well on the consoles, if I remember right. I didn't want to sully my memory of it. No. So yeah, Kev, you sent <sighs> that. You sent out a picture of your Ninja Turtles game, and that looks fucked up. Looks fine. Who are you playing as? Is that Michelangelo? Uh, Raphael. I was trying to figure out if there is a difference between each of the characters. Like, if one is significantly better, in my mind. Leonardo and Donatello would be completely, hands down, the best choices because they've got the longer weapons. But I could not find a difference between any of them. It's he just not plays sure. your favorite character. That's what I did. I played as Raphael. I'm not sure awesome. if he actually had a longer range for the weapons, though. I think it was all the same. But didn't Donatello have that attack where he would use his bow staff as a pole vault? See, that was definitely Ninja Turtles 3. Was it? Yes. Okay. Maybe I have... Maybe I'm just meshing these two games together. Because in, in, in Turtles 3, couldn't you do combo attacks if you were playing with two people? No. You're just making things up. Maybe you're thinking of the Super Nintendo version. <laughs> I All these Turtle games just blur together. I don't know. I'm just going to stop talking about Turtles. <laughs> And we're done. What uh, like What else did you guys play this week? Well, it was uh, for the sake of Halloween this week. Thank you. I, I was going to try to steer it that way, too. Oh, so yeah. we can not talk about costumes, but when we're talking about Halloween games, that's fine. Okay. Yes. See how it it's is. called a segue, <laughs> Jess? Yeah, whatever. Whatever. So I Come on, Jess. To... We all know you're just going to go with the Harry Potter thing. I know. I was thinking about it. Sexy but... Harry Potter. No. Isn't that what all girls do for Halloween? Just take their costume and then add sexy in front of it. No. So tampon. Sexy tampon. I feel that's like that's an oxymoron. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. 
continue. Off to a better topic than, than what Eric just said. <laughs> uh, don't ask me why. It's the first yes, thing that came to my uh, mind. Buddy of mine got, got me some coffee, got me some games to try out. So I have uh, I got some Super Ghosts and Goblins for the Super Nintendo. Okay. Uh, by the way, that game is really tard. I don't know if you've... <laughs> really tard? It's really hard. Oh, I heard tard. <laughs> I heard tard. And uh, it's, uh, you know, as a kid, I think as a kid you have a lot more patience than you do as an adult <laughs> when it comes to some of these old games. Because it's like, god damn it. I don't have many memories yeah. of that game getting further than halfway through the first level. Yeah, and that's about as far as I got today on that one before I decided, you know what? F you, buddy. F you. <laughs> Quit losing <laughs> so, your armor. <laughs> and every time I lose my armor, I get a chest, the chest would open up, and then the wizard would turn into a baby, and I'm like, God dang it. Stop it. But that's a game that's a lot of fun. Uh, it's uh, the series, you know, that's where Maximo kind of got. For the people who might know Maximo, the games came on the PS2 where you'd. You basically had life as in your armor, so you would lose bits of armor until you would just die then. Maximo was a great game. Yeah, so that's basically where Maximo got its, its star was from these uh, these games. Um, but the other game that I've been playing a lot, and I almost didn't make it to the show because I really wanted to get this past a stupid fucking level that was pissing me off, but I played Demon's Crest for the Super Nintendo. Demon's Crest. It's another Capcom game. Okay. Tell me about and, it. Uh, so Demon's Crest is you, 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 you're this demon, and I, I kind of missed part of the intro thing there, but you basically, this one demon decided to collect all these crests, the different ones. You have, I think there's earth, fire, water, uh, air, and, and heaven. You know, there's, you can get in a time in heaven, I think. So, and basically the, he, he got all these powers, and then uh, he got, he basically fought this big dragon, and got on power, but then he got side. He kind of got. He was injured, so then somebody else came and snuck up on him, took all them all back. So now you're this. Uh, what I think it's called the red. So that what you just explained is the, the whole setup to the game. That's the kind of whole setup to the game. That's, like That's the a much better setup than the firemen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so now you play this red demon or gargoyle. I think you're you're a demon, and uh, I think his name too. I don't remember off the top of my head, but. Uh, and then you basically have to you start off. Now, here's how this game starts off, guys. It, there's no like instructions or anything. It starts off with you. There were guys standing that you're going to play, and this dragon that comes out. And then it's time to play. You have no idea what to do, <laughs> what the buttons are. Okay. You just have to figure it out on, as you go. So I figured out that this dragon will just come out, and then that's when you can start moving your guy around, and you can jump. And you can also glide, so you can actually just float in the air and move, you know, sideways. You can't move up and down yet. And then you can shoot this like ball of fire out. And so you have to time it. So it's one of those timing games where you once you see the dragon's head move, you need to hit the you need to hit the head of the dragon. But I panic so hard. They don't tell you how to do that. So in the meantime, you're just trying to figure out how the heck you're doing. So you run into the guy, you die. You try to shoot him, you die. And then uh, you break out. But basically, it's infinite infinite lives basically just keep doing it over until you figure it out and then you go out into the the next level and you're like oh i can't go any further and the dragon sticks his head back outside the window it breaks through the castle wall and then you have to shoot him again until he until he dies then you get an extra life bar then you go on to the game so you're not even in the game yet so no that's how the game starts before you get into the game to actually that sounds a lot like the opening 
tutorial to Demon Souls. They they could be related somehow uh, storyline wise. They both have demon in the title. But so yeah, that and that's what it is. Then you get in the game, and it's it's very much like a Castlevania style you know style play. You know, you jump, you shoot, you know, you you go. Is it two D or is it isometric? It's two uh, D, so it's uh, it's you know it's side scrolling. And then. So then, what you're doing is you're go, you're going through, and you you can glide, which is really helpful, and you can latch onto walls or these other objects, and you have to like jump up. The very first part of it is actually really easy, but then you get to like the bad guy, like the main, the first boss, and you can, I I swear to God, I shot this guy like 15 times in a row, and he still didn't die. So there must be some sort of like you have to be able to hit him here, here, and here for him to actually die. <laughs> And uh, so it took me a couple of tries to beat him the first time, and then finally I did, and then it was kind of simple enough how it went through again. Because it's one of those games, again, that once you get past, you get one of those key codes. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can basically continue to play and play and play until you just you just want to stop. But then you get a key code you got to type in and go back if you turn off the system. So Does it take you back, back to exactly where you were, or...? Uh, the first time I did it, it took me to, like, the very first spot when you got out of there, but it was past that point, so you had the extra armor and stuff. Um, but I believe my gold disappeared, so I think you must lose your gold because it's like Faxanadu, where you don't get to keep the stuff once you get your save point. You oh. just get to start over from that point. But you do have that you do have that that armor or whatever that next crest that you have because once you defeat him, you actually get a uh, like a, a crest, and so you can turn into like a ground gargoyle and you can do attack. So you can't fl- float anymore. Or shoot the fireball. You just have like this run, running ramming attack where you can break stone statues and stuff. And then uh, you have a ground attack. So you basically shoot this thing on the ground, and it boom, it goes away. You know, on the ground. The, so the, the what the, was that snap. noise again? I couldn't quite get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the and, the the weapon leveling is basically you collecting these crests, or are there other weapons yep. within the game? There are other weapons you can get. It's like you can learn spells. So you have to collect money. I don't know what those represent, but these little like things that pop out of the little pots and bad guys. You collect those, and you can go to a guy who sells you spells, and then you can use those spells as well as the combat that you have for your whatever crest that you're using. Um, and then certain levels, and then once you get out of that, so once you feed that first guy, like that main guy, then you have the freedom to kind of roam the the world. And the easiest way to describe this is Final Fantasy II, where you have the flying plane, and you can fly around the world, basically, right? But the world is on this one is really small scale. So, like, you go over, and it just kind of rolls, rolls your back over to the, that first spot. Mm-hmm. And it shows you that you can have, there's one, two, three, and four that are showed up and a bunch of little like little things that don't mean anything. So the castles you can get into, but you might not be able to get past them because you don't have the power level to get through them. So like eventually you can get uh, an ability where you can, instead of just gliding you know, frontwards and backwards, you can go up and down. And there's a, a, lo- a castle living there that I tried without having that and I couldn't get any further because I can't fly up. And uh, so that was a, a challenge. But then, like I said, there's no, nothing tells you where to go or what to do. So you're just flying around and trying to find random spots to land to see if you can get through. So, how so now much, I'm, I think I'm on. Uh, how much time have you put into this? 
Ah, uh, gee, I probably put in about three hours in this game today. Maybe wow. maybe two, two to three hours a day. That's saying a lot coming from you. That must yeah. be a good game then. And I, and I, and it was really good, but it's like once you get the pattern down of how to beat like the bad guy. You, well, you isn't that through. how a lot of retro style bosses are? It's just pattern based. It's it's pattern based, but the the nice thing is it has pretty much infinite retries. You just keep retrying and retrying and retrying. So it's not like you have to go back to the whole level again. But then it's like, man, I just want to beat this guy before I come up here on the show. And I tried it. And like, okay, so this this guy, you have to switch forms because you're better off getting to the level when you're in your normal red demon form where you can shoot fire, you can glide and fly. And then once you get to, and then you go through this level where like it's all fire, and you have to be careful. You have to glide through that, and that's pretty simple once you get once you get the, the pattern down. Once you get that, then you have to turn into the ground gargoyle you, you costume, and basically just shoot him a bunch bunch of times. And you have to stand in the right spot. And this guy's made of fire, so your other guy can't do anything to him. But you have to be able to stand in a certain spots. So that way you can just attack him a th- you know a bunch of times, where he shoots off these like firebirds that come and attack you, but if you stand on the right spot, what I figured out is that he can only heal at least four minutes at a time, but they all just go straight up. Hmm. And then, so then you can take, then he'll go into his next form. And his next form is one that I freaking cannot figure out. He turns into this like ball, it looks like a pump, like a, a pumpkin basically, you know what I mean? He flies in the air. And, and, but then he'll, he'll go across and he'll drop fireballs on you. That's easy to avoid. But then he does this thing where he just floats like down and up, down and up. And you can't outrun him, so eventually he always catches up to you no matter what you do. You can't jump over him, otherwise you run into him. And when you hit him, he takes two life bars away at a time rather than just the one. Because sometimes you can just get hit, you know, get past and then keep shooting. But this guy, you're going to run out of life. It's a pain in the balls. So if any of the listeners have played this game and have any hints on how to beat this guy, feel free to... Well, it doesn't Tweet sound me. like it's too much of an issue because you just have infinite retries. Eventually, you're just going to yeah, get Yeah, infinite lucky. retries, but you get go and go. But it gets to the point where, like, fucking hey, you just want to throw the controller across the room again. You know, like one of those type of games. It's uh, it's frustrating. I've never even heard of this. What's it called? Demon's Crest? Demon's Crest. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have yeah. to check that one out. Um, and then, uh, so I had a lot of fun playing that. I definitely recommend playing that one. I had a lot more fun with that one than I did with the Super Ghouls and Ghosts, even though that one brought our goblins. That brought a lot of memories. Uh, I feel like that game I, is a great game for nostalgia, but if you're looking for a really, fun game to play, steer clear yeah, of that one. Steer clear of that one, but it's good. Especially other, once uh, you understand the fact that you, when you beat the game, you're at the halfway point, because yeah. to actually save the princess, you have to beat the game again. Right. I remember I got through that point, by the way, in the very first, I remember doing that when I first... You were actually able to beat it once? I was actually able to beat it once, and I remember having to go through it again to do the other part, and then I just, I never, I don't remember actually beating the second yeah, time. Yeah, I don't think I've ever gotten I think past. at that point, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> I think I get... I think I like, super hard after the first time, too. Yeah. Like, the difficulty just ramps up once you beat it the first time. Mm-hmm. And it might not have been the super cool some ghosts, it might have been the original Ghost and Goblins that I did that in. I usually get to the end of the first level and consider that beating the game and then turn it off. But, but what I really like about the Super Nintendo games that I've played, these two games, they really hold up graphically. Yeah, I feel like I feel like somebody sent us a question about this a couple shows back, but I think with 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 sprite graphics, you know, they kind of hit their pinnacle and then 
Like, yeah. That's as good as they're going to get. Whereas with 3D graphics, we know that they can get better. So the the original right. 3D graphics kind of lose their luster after a while. Whereas we haven't seen any better sprite-based or pixel-based gaming. So therefore, that it's, still it's, holds it's, up. It's, and it's just easy to go back and play it on a, on a Super Nintendo or even a PS1 more than it is going back and play some of those PS2 games. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a good testament, I think. Uh, the other game that uh, and Jess may like this game that I'm going to try out for maybe next week uh, is Jade Cocoon. Oh, that game's for the awesome. PS1, which is basically a Pokemon clone is how it was described to me. So It's a more adult a Pokemon clone. Yeah. And he also gave me a copy of Secret of Mana that I'll try to. But I didn't get a chance to get that today. So I took... I kind of went in this, the, the same vein as you, knowing that tomorrow's Halloween. And um, we should have discussed this last week and done a whole show dedicated <laughs> to horror games. We should have planned ahead. We should have, but we didn't. Because um, I was only here for six minutes and I couldn't get you guys on track. Exactly. We were just... A when, I have, when I would have told everybody to play Phantasmagoria for the PC, hands down. Phantasmagoria right now on GOG.com is three ninety nine. Phenomenal sale. So, one of the best horror games ever. Um, yeah. I was kind of flipping through some of my old survival horror games that I have, and just horror games in general. And I've played all of them, and I wanted something new to play. So, I started looking around and seeing what was generally considered the best horror game of all time. And it was a toss-up between Silent Hill 2 on the Xbox and Fatal Frame. And I'd played the crap out of Silent Hill 2, and I noticed that this week on the PSN, both the Fatal Frame games were on sale for 2 bucks a piece. So you know, I took the dive, and I, I bought both of them. And do you guys, have you guys ever played Fatal Frame, or do you know anything about it? No. No. So the premise is this. Um, you are a Japanese girl named Kumi, and you enter this haunted mansion looking for what happened to your brother, yet the only weapon you have is a camera and a flashlight. Blair Witch action right there. Yes. So the game itself deals a lot with ghosts and exorcisms and spirituality and and dark um, Shinto rituals, which if you know if, if you know about Shinto, it's generally considered the traditional Japanese religion, kind of hand-in-hand hand with Buddhism, where Shinto deals with birth and life, and then Buddhism deals with, with death and the afterlife and stuff like that. Um, but, like, Shinto is this established set of practices that people who practice Shinto uh, in Japan live by, and it kind of bridges the gap between present-day Japan and, and ancient Japan, and it's kind of this whole concept of kami, which are these ghosts or spirits that they can take human form, but they can also take animalistic forms or they can be um, abstract or nature-based like a river or a mountain or, or a house. And um, the kami, K-A-M-I, not communist, but uh, the kami and people live in the same world together and they just kind of share these experiences. So... You're this girl who goes into this haunted mansion to look for what happened to her brother. And in the intro of the game, you play as her brother, and it kind of gives you the tutorial of how to play the game. And the whole introduction is in black and white, and it's really grainy and blurry and kind of hard to see. But 
it kind of lends some credence to that whole, this game's going to be creepy as fuck. And when you come up and you finally take over control of Kumi, um, you, you're back in full color mode, but you enter this mansion with nothing but your camera and a flashlight. And the camera can see spiritual things or things that aren't actually there. And it actually serves as your weapon in the game, too. So when you do start to see spirits who want to attack you, and it sounds dumb, but taking their picture actually drains their spiritual energy. And uh, That makes sense, because didn't they believe that if you got your picture taken, they'd steal your soul? Or was that uh, Gypsies? I always get Shinto and Gypsies. I think up. you're right. I think it is the, the, the Shinto. It's, that sounds right. I did a little bit of reading on Shinto before I started playing this, just because I kind of wanted to understand what it was, so I could have a better understanding of the game. But um, you, what's really interesting is this, this game is. <laughs> what are you guys typing? Oh my god! Nothing. Okay, this game has a subtitle of "Based on a True Story," which, for a video game, is kind of weird. Uh, when we see a movie that says based on a true story, it's like there's an actual story there that they've turned into a movie. Whereas this, um, it's kind of BS. It's not really based on a true story. They've just taken a bunch of old legends and ghost stories and kind of repurposed them for the use in a video game. And they just kind of take pieces of them and put them together into this story. Um, So the point of the game is you go into this mansion as a girl to find your brother, and along the way you're picking up little scraps of paper and you're reading them, and these scraps of paper are left behind by other people who have gone into this mansion and you start piecing together these horrible horrific things that have happened to these people and what really is the creepiest thing about this game is that as you're walking around just in the distance like in the corner of your eye they won't draw any attention to it a little ghost will go walking by or they will have um the camera pan up and you'll see this this apparition float by and if you're quick enough you can snap up to your camera and take a picture of it, and that gives you some sort of point, um, points where you can use that to upgrade your camera for different different things. I haven't gotten too far to play around with that. But the, the those parts actually end up being the scariest because occasionally you'll be walking along, and then just something will show up behind you, and by the time you turn around, it's gone. Or you'll see oh, something... Oh, those are the worst. And it's <laughs> it's genuinely scary. I was playing this last night at about 10.30 with Christy, and, and just like, I'm shutting this off. I'm going to play it when it's daylight. Um, but Or you'll see something walk along in the distance, like in a hallway, and you'll go back there, and there's, there's nothing. There's no doorway. There's no window. It just walked by, and it disappeared. And... Uh, that, those are the coolest parts of the game, and that's that's kind of why I'm going to keep playing it. The The gameplay is kind of simplistic. It's nothing you haven't seen before, like find this brass key to go to the brass doorknob and unlock the door and go to the next section, or take a picture of this and then learn about it or read about it and move on. But then those spirits that you have to actually start fighting, are they kind of serve as the boss battle slash just everyday enemies. But the thing that really sucks about this game, and it's going to be really hard to get through this, is that the controls are absolute horseshit. Um, you walk around using the left joystick. The right joystick kind of tilts your camera around. You don't have free control of it. But when you press the circle button, it brings up your camera. And most people who play first-person style games, the left joystick is still move forward, move backwards, strafe left, strafe right. And then the right joystick is move the camera. For some reason, they completely flipped that around. 
So in the camera now, you're moving around with your left joystick and you're walking with the right one, the exact opposite of when you're outside the camera. So when you oh, need to make these, that's annoying. yeah, when you need to make these quick movements to to capture a picture of a ghost, especially when you're trying to do those snap those snap pictures to get the points, or you're trying to attack someone, and you, you get panicked and you, you kind of revert to your first person controls, and suddenly you're looking at the floor and walking towards the person. Hmm. That's genius. <laughs> yeah, this game is fucking I, cool. I'm trying to figure out why they haven't done that. Um... For, I know that I think they made a some type of version for it, but uh, they haven't made a Fatal Frame yet for the DS, which I think they did. The 3DS, they did. did. Did they? Yeah, there was a. I can't remember the exact name of it, but the ones that I downloaded were Fatal Frame and then Fatal Frame Two: Crimson Butterfly. And seriously, four bucks for two of what are generally regarded as the 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 best horror games of all time. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah, I'm disappointed we didn't do a Halloween episode. <laughs> yeah, we can turn this into that. I I don't know. What are what are some of the scariest games <laughs> what happened? you guys have played? I'm going to be like a huge baby, but I swear Doom was friggin' scary as shit when I was younger. Yeah, I could see that. Because those sound effects, we talked about this in the yeah. Doom show, but just those, if you have headphones on, those sound effects of the, the, the grunting pig guys. Yep. Freaked me out. But you didn't really play any other... I'm trying to think. I'll, I'll skip and let someone else uh, take the lead. That's a mm-hmm. cue. Big dead silence. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess I haven't played a video game that has been like, oh my god, scary. Like really? Yeah. No way. I, I, Kev, mm. jump in. Say you well, say at least you've played a game that scared you. Um. No. Oh my god. I wouldn't say like like I'm trying to rack my brain, and like the only thing that I could even remotely think of uh, is that one part in Half Life Two. Where you're like up on the like the second story of that house of that town that's like all messed up, uh-huh. like zombie things coming from beneath you. That, but not like I I can't think of a game. But like in the, the actual horror genre, you guys never played any games from those. No, that seems. Well, I played cool. horror genre games, but I wouldn't say they, they scared me. Like I played uh, Silent Hill, and I played. Uh, How did Silent Hill not scare you? That game is goddamn terrifying. Everything about that game is terrifying. I don't know. I guess I guess I'm just in a different light. I didn't fight in because like, it it, it plays on all of it plays on your psyche. Just like what is going on? I have no idea. Am I just plunging into madness, or is this town really that fucked up? Those games are terrifying. Silent Hill 2, they got pretty shitty after 3. You know, the room was crap, and then Downpour was just funny. But Sil- I think I got more mad, like frustrated. Like, why are you doing this? Why are you in this situation? This is dumb. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I think like it's just like, uh, I, I don't scare that easily Like uh, from just like a story or anything or like the visual. But like... I grew up kind of in a haunted area of Texas, mm-hmm. so there was a lot of like things and that you would witness, 
And so, like, when it goes to a game, it's kind of, I know it's already kind of scripted and it, it gets you. Um, and I wouldn't say the games that have, that have scared me have, like, scared me. It's more of, like, the stuff that just jumps out at you. Like, what I've heard from, like, so it Dead it startles Space. you. You know, it startles you, but I wouldn't say, like, scares you. you See, know, and I think the thing with that is that you have to be willing to be scared. And you have to, like, immerse yourself in that and just kind of, it's, it's that whole willing suspension of disbelief. You just kind of have right. to put yourself in it. Like when you watch a horror movie, you know it's not real, yet it still scares the shit out of you, and you go to bed wondering if there's something hanging in the corner of your room. Yeah. I think Phantasmagoria may have done that for me. I've never played I that. Right. I really want to, though. But it's, uh, that was a phenomenal game. and There's some scenes, you know, it's a choice game, too, so that's when you get the... the that was pretty graphic <laughs> for the time. So. I just you said something about that that is kind of interesting with horror games because you take that mindset of why are you doing this? This is stupid. Yeah. Don't go into the creepy rooms. Don't put yourself in a situation where you can be in big trouble with little ghosties and goblins. That's just stupid. Well, the, the game that's coming to mind for me right now with that exact scenario is Silent Hill Two, where. The protagonist, his wife has been dead for three years, and suddenly he gets a letter from her saying that she is in this certain hotel in Silent Hill. And that's that's an example right there. Okay, obviously your wife is dead. You saw her dead body. You put her in the ground. Somebody's fucking with you. And then the game doesn't even happen. But in order that's for boring. the game to happen, he has to be a moron and go to Silent Hill. Yeah, call the fucking police. Get them to forensics that piece of paper, figure out who the fuck <laughs> wrote it, and then you won't be in that situation. But maybe maybe his wife was died in some sort of freak accident and they never found her body. And Phone it, the police, though. What are you going to do with this letter? But like, yeah, I, I agree. That's stupid. Why send a letter instead of, hey, just go to your husband? Yeah. My God. Maybe, maybe this is a really nice hotel. And she wants him... Like, you gotta come check this hotel out. I think it's actually... There's a there's a significance to that hotel. It's been years since I've played it, but maybe... I think it was something that, that happened in their lives that was significant at that hotel. So I think he was drawn to that. But the whole... The, the whole world of Silent Hill is just fascinating. Because you never really truly understand or, or know if Silent Hill really exists. Or if it's hell or if it's somewhere in between. Those games are great. Especially if you're walking around and you turn your radio off so you aren't alerted if the enemies are near. Yeah, that's not a nighttime game. Oh, no. I remember going to Best Buy and, and my stepbrother told me, you need to buy this game. And like I'd never heard of it before. And we took it home and played it. And it, I didn't sleep that night. It was so friggin' scary because I got to that first part where the, the first time that the world flips from semi-normal into just complete hell... And you're in the basement of a school building, and it just I have an issue with basements. I don't like them. So, is that why you live in Arizona? Yeah, because we don't have basements. Yeah. Why don't we have basements? Uh, you don't need it really, and because there's so much, the ground is really hard, and there's a lot of creepy crawlies and that get in. It's just, I don't know. I'm not an architect. <laughs> I fix computers. I don't build houses. <laughs> I feel like though 
One reason why we're a little disorganized with these questions and responses tonight is because I didn't get an email that said, look, I spent an hour updating our Excel document and putting together all the questions hey, in chart format so you can study. I've got, I've got a, a little handy thing here with my show notes on it. Hear it? These are my show notes. Oh, my God. So I know what to talk about. Just start talking. You don't need thought, to think before you speak. Yeah, I thought we were just winging it. Because when I'm at work, success. I have good ideas on things I want to talk about, like Fatal Frame. I was coming up some good thoughts. I'm like, I'm going to write this shit down because I'm probably not going to remember it. I feel like you're cheating the podcast. Maybe yeah, I'm... it's a lot more planned than uh, it should be. Fine, I'll stop. <laughs> I'll, I'll sacrifice the quality of our show. I'm just expecting next week to show up and there's a big download on my Skype saying, all right, Kevin, here's your script for the show today. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, bring up this point, this point, this point, and (laughs) really feel the passion in that game. Get to the root of your emotion. We need some more expression happening. That could be good. And then we're going to all together sing a piece that I wrote and choreographed <laughs> although people can't see that because we need to get in touch with our inner glee club hey who doesn't <laughs> who doesn't <laughs> so what i guess you guys you guys never played horror games my god i could talk i could spend an entire show talking about horror games i think when i was younger i didn't play them because i was afraid and then when i was older they weren't as scary my sister and I would get together and play the Resident Evil games. Just play it throughout the entire night and, and beat the game. And then we'd wait years for the next one to come on. We'd stay up the entire night and play it and beat it. And just th- Those weren't as scary. They were just, like Aaron said, they were more startling. But I don't know. I love horror games. I love being scared. I feel like the worst is the anticipation because you know something's going to pop out, but you don't know where and you don't know when, and that's what frustrates me. Yeah, Yeah, I do like those. Aaron, you said you grew up in a haunted part of Texas. Did you ever have any experiences? Yeah. Let's hear it. So, here's one. So, there's a... uh, uh, Out in East Texas, there's a a story about... um, Let's see if I can remember this properly now. But basically, I don't know how many years ago it was, a long time ago. Um, this is back when I think the KKK was real big and stuff like that. But uh, they basically... That's horrible! They basically, if I, if I remember the story right, they, I think they killed... Uh, they drug a guy down the road, and there would there'd be bumps from when he, when he hit, and he, and he died. And apparently when he was dying, he must have drew a curse. Wait, so what? now... So he, basically, how did he die? They were dragging he him got behind, a horse. behind a truck, a truck oh, or a horse okay. or something, and on this road, and the road is flat. I mean, there's no there's no bumps in the road. It's it's a it's a flat road, but if you're driving on it or riding on it, you'll you'll hit a bump. It, you just that's scary. A bump there, even though it's it, it's a flat. That's a scary. And bump. then there's uh, then there's an old haunted a uh, couple haunted churches in that area as well. That I that I went to, and uh, I don't know I didn't see any, I didn't witness any of the stuff that I heard about there, but that's there. And then my uh, when I went down, where I lived in East Texas, about 
in the in behind our house, I don't know, about a quarter mile or so, there's a, there's an old uh, uh, slave, uh, well, it's a colored people graveyard, basically. It's a cemetery for, for that, I think, old slaves, too, because there's, uh, there's gravestones back there from, like, the early 1800s that are back there. Could you be any more politically correct? <laughs> <laughs> a colored person graveyard. Yeah, colored person graveyard. Okay. And uh, so anyway, so the, they're back there, and I, I go back there a lot. And uh, and I was living there, and just kind of looking through and kind of cleaning the area up because you know people pay their specs. And there's uh, I remember there there's there's, there's one site is a, is a boy, uh, I think he was born in eighteen, I want to say eighteen sixty two, and I think he 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 only lived for like not even uh, not even two weeks, and they and they buried him at the stone. So I remember seeing that stone there. I always go back there and just kind of whatever and uh so but i'm going back there and i went back one time about this is probably eight years ago and i went back and somebody had bought the house and this is my great grandmother's house and she you know they built it and they had to move to the site and when i went there to talk to the new owners they've talked about how they've seen my grandma's ghost walking around the house that's freaking weird and it made sense to them clearly when I told them about the house and the history of the house. And I'm like, well, that makes that makes perfect sense because I've I've seen this, uh, you know, this woman walk around the house. <laughs> so, did you Were ever able- experience it, or I I have not, uh, not not that particular thing. But I have been in a spot where, like, I have heard the the creaking and the cracking of noises and foot and people walking on the floor above me. Yeah. And, and when I come there. to check it out, and there's nobody there, but clearly that somebody was now. I figured it's probably some ninja or something, probably rigging the house to blow. <laughs> I don't think. One and don't blame a ninja. Th- this may sound <laughs> dumb, but I've always, I've always felt like I've had a just a, an extra, not extra sense, but I'm just more aware of. Maybe it's just because I'm more aware of my surroundings, but I've had a lot of goofy shit happen, and it makes a lot of sense because when I talked to my dad, he said when I was a little kid, my sister and I. Would we had a bedroom upstairs, and there'd be multiple times where we'd come running down the stairs screaming, and my parents would say, what's wrong? And we said, the witch is being mean to us. And my dad's just like, what are you, what are you talking about? What witch? You know, I thought it was something like a, like a stuffed animal or a story that Emily or someone was telling us. But he eventually started getting concerned and asked us about it, and we had a rocking chair in our bedroom that my mom would sit on and read us stories. And we described this really old, old lady with white hair and a blue dress, and she would sit there and watch us play and then yell at us when we didn't do what she wanted us to do. And at the time, we were like two, three. We didn't really understand. I mean, kids are naive about that type of stuff. So fast forward to now, uh, back in in lacrosse, there was a couple places that I lived that, and this is kind of why I have an aversion to basements, but... um, I lived in one house where in the basement in the front of the house was a storage room that I kept all my stuff. And it just had a single light bulb and a tiny window facing the front of the house. And my dad was always super anal about leaving lights on. So I always had to make sure that light was off. And every night I'd come home from work, that light would be on. Every single night. Like, Dad, quit going down there and turning the light on. He's like, I'm not turning that light on. And I didn't believe him. And then finally when he moved out and moved to Arizona and, and I took over the house... It was still happening every friggin' day that I came home from work, that stupid light was on. And nothing really 
bad happened there. I mean, I'd be sitting in the living room and the door from the to go to the upstairs would unlatch and open. And then the last day I was ever in that house, I went into the kitchen to get the mail and, and I had one more box of stuff upstairs. And the upstairs of the house is like this huge loft and it had a handrail that had a creek to it. And when you go up the stairs, you could hear somebody thumping on the stairs and then you'd grab the handrail and wrap yourself around the banister and, and, uh, I was standing in the kitchen below the stairs, and you heard thump, 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 thump up the stairs, and then you heard the crack of the handrail. Like, what the fuck? Is you know one of my roommates still here? And you know, I just I felt uneasy about it, so I just grabbed a knife, and I went up the stairs, and there wasn't a damn person up there. So I grabbed the box and took off, and I haven't been in that house since. <laughs> okay. And then one other story. I was at my uh, When I lived in my grandma's house in her basement, she had a huge pool table. And I'd always play a game of pool at night, and I was terrible about putting the pool balls away. And uh, one night, I just left them all on the table, and I woke up, and they were they were all in the pockets off the table, and nobody else was home. Um, and another time, I was sitting in my room, and I heard the faucet turn on, and I walked into the bathroom just to see the faucet actually turn itself off. I'm like, yeah, I'm done with this place. What were you smoking at that point in your life? Yeah. A lot of it. drugs. A <laughs> lot of drugs. Kev, your house is haunted as shit. So what? <laughs> Are they good ghosties? I would want to be haunted like a good by a good ghostie. Like one that cleans your room? Yeah, like yeah. Phantom Dennis on Angel. My ghost is pretty good. Uh, hasn't really done anything to piss me off, so that's good. No, you're, you're, I'm serious. Your house is totally haunted. Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with having a haunted house. I feel like you should explain some of the hauntings. Uh, well, some of the good hauntings are... Uh, I was doing the dishes one time, and I had some dishes on the, the counter beside me and some dishes on the stove, like, a couple feet away. And... When I turned around to move the the dishes from the stove, they were already beside me on the counter. I'm like, thanks, ghost. I actually said it out. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I'm totally serious. I would have taken those cups and smashed them into the ground. <laughs> Release the curse. It's because you, you don't believe. I do believe, and that's the problem. You also have a ghost that inhabits a balloon, and I swear that thing wanted to murder me when I was there. Oh, yeah, that's entirely possible. Because you, you were a new fate. I mean, this, the ghost hasn't met you before. Yeah, it needed... I think, I think you'll notice if you come up again that uh, the ghost is a lot more friendly this time. Oh, really? Oh, probably. Hey, what else have you had happen? Uh, there's just... There's a lot of really, really weird sounds that come from my house. Yes. And it, it doesn't even make sense. Like, there will be creaking sounds coming from the roof, or there will be, like, knocking sounds coming from in between walls, or... And the scary thing is that you live there alone. Yeah. With a helpful ghost. That's... Good thing it's not a vengeful ghost. That would be super bad. Yeah, and you get possessed. Maybe I am possessed already, and that's why it's being so nice. Yeah, but maybe it's a pleasant possession. Like, I'm going to possess you and make you a happier person. Either that or I'm going to come home from work one day and there will be 45 cop cars around my house and I'll find out that I've been killing homeless people for the last, like, month and a half. Huh. 
Whoops. It wasn't me. You heard me. it here first. <laughs> I think that's a confession. That wasn't creepy at all. Yeah, Aaron. Now, that first night that I stayed at your house, I didn't sleep much. There was a (laughs) lot of crazy noises. And I know some people, like, I came into your house knowing it was haunted, and I think a lot of people might let that go to their head, but there's, you're not kidding. There's a lot of creepy shit that happens in your house. Well, I mean, the house is... 70 years old, so, I mean, you gotta give it that. How many people have died in it? Uh, how many people are buried <laughs> under it should be the question. <laughs> I wanted to know Is what that trap door was for. <laughs> you should find out. That'd be pretty I wrote, I had a, a barn, like, when I used to horseback ride, and it was, swear to God, on an Indian burial ground. So that's why it was haunted. It's crazy. Is it? I didn't hear what you said. I was responding to Kevin's stupid comment. <laughs> uh, I don't ever make stupid comments, Eric. I know. Did you guys play anything else this week? Do you want to talk about any other scary games, scary stories? Big Dead uh, Silence what? means no. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be my my cue to move on. All right. Let's do some emails. If you want to write us an email, factorysealed at manatank.com. We have a couple emails from last show that we didn't get to. So let's go ahead and take a peek at those. We've got one here from Matthew Martins. He says, welcome back, Factory Sealed crew. Just wanted to tell you how much I love the podcast. The episode on Final Fantasy VI was really great. Although, it missed Aaron and Jess immensely, even though Aaron wouldn't have played the game anyway. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> it, it convinced me to go back and play it again myself, and I enjoyed it just as much as the, just as much this time around. I guess it's the part where I should recommend a couple games. First game I'll recommend is some sort of Dragon Ball Z. Wait, maybe I'll do you a favor recommend something that doesn't suck. You guys should probably play Wonder Boy in Monster World for the Genesis. Make sure it's Monster World, because Monster Land licks balls. Second, I gotta recommend my favorite game ever, Shining Force. It's a turn-based strategy RPG with a huge cast of playable characters. Pretty sure if it wasn't for this game, there would be no Final Fantasy Tactics or Breath of Fire games. It's on the Genesis, and also in Sonic Ultimate Genesis Collection. Uh, Love being your listener, and hope to keep listening on a weekly basis. Matt, P.S., the podcast seems to get better when Jess is drunk, like your first episode back. She is such a hoser. I feel immensely better about myself right now. <laughs> we're, yep. You were... I don't remember you being drunk. I just think I was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably we'll go it. with that. He didn't really have but a question. I'm, like, very concerned about licking balls. Like, what... If you were to determine like is it worse to lick balls or suck balls what would be the worst insult i think since the email is directed at a guy either but (laughs) what if it's directed at a girl licking or sucking balls like what would be worse you're the only girl on this podcast i feel like suck balls would be worse like that would be like that sucks balls that's way worse than that licks that yeah licking balls yeah that's my final answer yeah okay Fair enough. 
I'm sorry. Because if, if you're forced to do one or the other, like, I mean, if you're doing a lick, you can just be in and out and you're done, right? Just quick lick and it's over. Sucking balls is, that's dedication. Yeah, that's an actual, like, if it was licking balls, like, lick implies singular. Yeah, like, just t- tip of the tongue and that's it, you're done. Yeah. I'm really glad we sorted that out. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to be able to sleep well tonight. <laughs> We've got uh, an email here from that Adam Wood writes in, Love the show. Brings me right back to my childhood. My grandmother is also responsible for getting me into video games. See, I'm not alone. Whatever. Now then, my question. What game soundtrack hits you right in the childhood the hardest hard mode no mega man oh shit this was one that i wanted to do homework on and i forgot yeah to be hmm. i feel like one wait what do you mean by oh just kidding reread it yeah i feel like ocarina of time just because they're so catchy and everyone knows them and it kind of is like yeah. Instant nostalgia. I feel like that kind of falls in that same category, though, of Super Mario. True. Where it's it's almost too well-known. Yeah. I can yeah. see it. Mine is Final Fantasy. I was going to say the same True. thing. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I have a specific one, though. Because there's just something about music when you get into fights and the different scenes because it's all orchestrated especially say, nowadays like it's orchestrated but part score. of it is, is the thing the score is, is pretty good and i don't i consider that a, some of that be a soundtrack i think it was two that had the opera scene in it scene in it no so, that was six we had oh, this that was big three okay one time mm-hmm. the the uh mario and draco Yeah, that's probably the one then. Number three, number three then I was thinking of. Actually, you know, I think his question hits you right in the childhood the hardest. I'm I'm actually not going to say Final Fantasy. I'm going to go with um, Illusion of Gaia. I can see that. Because I played so much of that game when I was a kid that it, in my memory, that is the first video game that I purchased with my own money. So therefore, since I'm bullshit with my own money, <laughs> how is that bullshit? I wonder you what paid like twenty dollars to make your bed. No, <laughs> no. But I, I think wonder you... what uh, could have happened to have Eric have to buy that game himself. It was like pain. Grandma was out of town for like two months and eric couldn't wait well i yeah. think i think i talked about this on the illusion of gaia show but when i actually went to get it i had my money in my hand and i dropped one of the 20s along the way somewhere so i technically didn't have enough to buy it but my mom paid the rest oh so you didn't buy it all by yourself <laughs> i had the intention yeah whatever semantics Shh, don't make me feel but bad. you were saying that you used to like just um go into that was it like a sleep mode or something like you would rest and just listen yes. to music you go into the, the dark space, and then Gaia would say, do you want to continue? And I'd always say no, and then it would just, it, it would stay in that room with nothing on it, and you'd sit and listen to the music. <laughs> no, I don't want to play the game anymore. I just want to listen to the 
I used to get really into soundtracks on games. I really like it. So yeah, Illusion of Gaia definitely. Final Fantasy close second. I mean, we had all Final Fantasy music at our wedding, so of course. I'm gonna say Super Mario Brothers three. Just because that was the first video game I ever had. I could see that. That title screen yeah. music is awesome. Yeah. That's a good one. I like it. I'm just, I'm just flipping through each of the worlds and I can I can hear the music from each of the different ones. So yeah, I could I could get behind that one. Alright. Uh he says his answer is also a play suggestion, Legacy of the Wizard. The game's almost impossible without a guide, yet strangely addicting. Ermagerd. Ermagerd, the music. Play it, love it, keep up the awesome job. Adam Wood. Did say what uh, console it's for? Nope. Ermagerd. You should play this game. Yeah. Don't give us any specifics. Yeah. Next email comes from Grady Trexler. His subject line, I never played a Mega Man game. It says, hey guys, how are you doing? As said in a previous email, I am a 12-year-old kid who likes retro games. Games have taught me a lot of lessons, responsibility, etc. What lessons have games taught you? Are we pausing there for an answer? Yes. Okay. Sharing. Sharing is caring. I think... For me, it's we're in my house. I'm player one. That was my close <laughs> second. I get top screen. How to cheat effectively? I think, and th- this, yeah, how to cheat. But it taught me reading comprehension skills because I played a lot of those RPG games as a kid. I played a ton of the Final Fantasies. And, and before voice acting came around, you just reading. So, yeah. I don't know if that's a lesson. Maybe it taught me to read carefully so you understand things. Yeah. Kev, what'd you learn from gaming? I highly doubt I learned anything from gaming. <laughs> I barely learned anything from my teachers. Oh. Can't even come up with anything? Uh, no, you know what? No, I can't. <laughs> gaming just taught Kev no. nothing. No. <laughs> if anything, gaming taught me that I must buy every Final Fantasy game that ever comes out. Simply because except you're... The and except for Dissidia and all those. The game doesn't exist. I sent you a link. We looked at it. <laughs> Why are we whispering? Because I'm waiting for Aaron. Waiting for me to answer about what did I learn from video games? Yes, please. I learned problem solving. You have a lot of problems. Well, there's a lot of problem solving when you play video games. You just got to figure out how to beat the puzzle to get to the end of the game. Critical thinking skills. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You didn't get much critical thinking skills in Duck Hunt. I learned, I learned math. Yeah, you learned how to, like, be patient. I guess that's no, not correct. You learn how to press the gun against the screen and get the kill every time. <laughs> and not 
punch the I learned how to get a magnifying glass and do that by sitting on my couch. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are such cheaters. (laughs) That's brilliant. I never thought of that. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, just, uh, I don't know. You just learned, uh, it's pretty sad. I, don't know. I guess I don't have what it taught me anything, but I just know that I had good critical thinking would be a good word to put it there. You know what I mean? Like, you have to figure out what you're going to do next. So then you got to solve the puzzle and you have to do the research. Like, back then, you had to do research on how to beat the game and how to beat the level. You couldn't just. That research get on generally Internet consisted web. of talking to your friends. Who were probably Talking to your friends or like pulling the facts and a new map. You're writing down your own maps. You're writing down your own, like, okay, this is what did this. This is how I beat that. And Mario, this is this is where that secret portal is. I got to remember how to do that. Hmm. You know, nowadays it's like, I'll just get on the internet and look it up. You know, people are impatient these days. Even with retro games, I find myself, I have to stop myself from going on the internet to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Grady goes on. He says, I'd like you guys to play either Ninja Gaiden 2 for the NES or Shiren the Wanderer for the DS. Although not quite retro, it plays like an old Pokemon mystery dungeon. Even if you don't play it for the show, I'd still recommend it. P.S. I've never played a Mega Man game. And Jess, I am half Canadian. I knew he was cool. There's just something about the way he wrote that email. I was like, damn, he's awesome. Why is that? Because he's half Canadian. I don't think you can be half Canadian. Because isn't Canadian half French anyway? A Mega Man. No, we don't talk about Quebec. Well, by that logic, yeah, Canadian is half French. So therefore, if he's half Canadian, he's only a quarter Canadian because the other quarter of him is French. That's right. He's probably going to be pretty disappointed to learn that he's a quarter French. We don't like to talk about that part of our heritage. I'd be disappointed, too. Um... Jonathan Tucker writes a novel in, so I'm going to try to abridge this. He says, Hey there, Factory Seal crew. I know it's cliche, but I'm a longtime listener, first-time writer. I've been listening since before the days of the Mana Tank and even before the podcast that shall not be named. Uh, He goes on to say he's one of the younger side of our fan base, as he's only 20. I don't think that's the younger side. Old man. Um, born the same year the original Doom was. Uh, so on, so forth. The real reason I'm writing in is because on the last episode you talked about using cheats in games. And Jess talked about cheating in Age of Empires. And I remembered the game I used to cheat in the most was Age of Mythology. Uh, it had some of the best cheats. My favorite was the O Canada that what spawned up? a flying bear with a Canadian flag cape that would shoot lasers. <laughs> I looked up a Holy video. Crap. I looked up a video of this today, and there's a corresponding cheat where you get purple flying hippos. And the person <laughs> that did this video got an army of purple flying hippos, and then an army of giant laser shooting Canadian flag wearing bears, and pit them, is... pit them against each other. And the battle between the two armies lasted three years in the game. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. The bears came out think... significantly ahead. Anything can top that. No, that's I've never seen that before, and I played hundreds of hours of Age of Mythology in college. That's awesome. So he's recommending we give that a try, especially since Jess liked 
Age of Empires 2. You might be surprised even if you don't like RTSs. Thanks, Jay Tucker. Michael Kelso writes in, Hey, Factory Sealed Peeps, two suggestions with a theme, Cowboys? Yeah, he didn't listen to episode one or two, I'm guessing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, His first suggestion, Wild Guns for the SNES. I remember this one as being a steampunk-style cowboy shooting gallery with an over-the-shoulder view. It was very fast-paced and quite the challenge, if I remember correctly. Number two, Sunset Riders for the SNES Genesis and Arcade. We played that one. This email sounds very equestrian. Damn it, Jess. <laughs> I'd give this a 10. <laughs> 10 just getting 20. an equine vibe right now. Just, just getting that whole equine vibe. Uh, yep. I don't think we played Wild Guns, but I feel like that was an arcade game too, wasn't it? I don't know. Thanks for always taking the time to read my emails. Keep up the great work. Awesome sauce. Michael Kelso. I feel like that's not his real name. I think it is. Well, there's John Tucker and then Michael Kelso. Like yeah, we have a lot of like famous actor yeah, names like, that are following us on there that I don't believe are. are they like Dan, maybe Dan, they're Daniel really Curtis. Those... I've heard of him before somewhere. I don't know. Dan Curtis my... was one of the Manatank yeah. people. Oh, is that who he was? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a, there's an actor that I know by the name of Dan Curtis, too. And I, I uh, yeah. Our last email comes from Justin Montemurno. What up, guys? I just had to write in about last week's episode. Eric, I couldn't believe that no one else seemed excited about Shadows of the Empire. Like you, I remember the first time I played it. When I got my N64 for Christmas, it came with a couple of shitty games that my mom had rented for me. After a few days of playing said shitty games, I got to go rent a few that I wanted. Rented Shadows of the Empire and Rogue Squadron. Both of them blew my mind and are still fun to play. I hold it as one of the best games ever made. I seriously think you guys should do an episode on Shadows of the Empire in the near future. I do have a few questions for you. What do you think about the nostalgic factor on games? Seeing as how Eric just went back and played a game that for so many years thought was a blast, but upon firing it up, his dreams were smashed due to it actually being a shitty game. Since we're retro gamers as well as current-gen gamers, where do you draw the line on where a game sucks ass, even if you have fond memories of it? Graphics, sound, controls. I think that's hard because you have to think a bit think of it like objectively like how the game was for the time Mm -hmm. because you can get super frustrated like sometimes i'm like jesus christ this is the worst thing in the entire world but if you kind of you know i think that that's that's a good point because one of my favorite games alundra actually has a precursor game to it called Landstalker on the genesis and it's a top-down isometric 3d game but it's a it wants to be a platformer in a console that can't support 3D platforming. And it's really frustrating because you have a lot of these really difficult jumps where it looks like you're standing on the on, a, on an edge, and if you jump straight forward, you'll land on the, the, the block right in front of you. But in actuality, it's eight blocks to the right because the block is supposed to be lower, but just the way that it's rendered doesn't look right. And now going back to that, after playing modern... 3D platformers, that game fucking blows. Big dead silence. <laughs> <laughs> you guys gotta pick up the silence here. 
that. We were uh, in awe of what you had to say. Like yeah. I just I couldn't even comprehend. It's just so beautiful. I know. I should sing it next time. Please do. Now, the there are a couple of things there that I would I would say like, for example, uh, the Super Ghosts and Goblins that I played today is a good game. I wouldn't call it a shitty game, but it's a game that you know it's it's not it's not a very good game to want to play. <laughs> but it but it's fun because it's one of those games where like okay the sound the the, the music in it is actually okay. Uh, you know the way you play the game is is fantastic, but it's it's the point where you just want to beat the level as an accomplishment. Yeah, but it's not one of those stupid games where you play, you pick it up, and you're like, "Why did I even bother to, to play this game?" Like it, it's just it just sucks. Like I don't I don't like Goof Troop would be a good example since we all love Goof Troop. <laughs> it's our favorite. Like, we're never gonna get past that first level. We just have no <laughs> no desire, no desire to do it. But it is a, a big triumph that some of these go back to these older games. I swear, if they do a Goof Troop HD remake like they did for DuckTales, I am done gaming forever. <laughs> you can hold me to that. But I think, and, uh, I, th- I think there's, a, there's a line where you have to, to, to draw with people who have never played these games before. Maybe they never played them in their day or they weren't born then and they go back to play them. I think for them, there are a lot of games where it's like, you know what, just don't even bother because you can't really put yourself in the mindset of what it was like to play this game at that time because you weren't around. You didn't get to experience that. Your only experience with games is now. I mean, not saying you shouldn't go back and play them, but there are some that we may hold in high regard because we experience them in the time, but they don't hold up very well. So if them going back there, like this game freaking sucks and just not give it a fair shake. It's like, it's like talking to these kids who the only game they know is call of duty. Yeah. And they're like, Oh man, call of duty. So awesome. They're like that game is shit. Yeah. If, if I ask somebody what kinds of games <laughs> they play in the first one, they say is call of duty. I'm just like, yeah, I'm done talking to you. Like, <laughs> like at least if you said like Madden, I, I get it because that's like its own thing. You know what I mean? Like, People buy sports, consoles changes just for that game. For that. But like, and it's been around a long time. Call of Duty, not so much. Like, <laughs> and I'm not, no, I'm not bashing Call of Duty to play the game because I'm sure it's a lot of fun to play online. I don't I don't like to play games like that online. So it's it's just not my cup of tea. So. What do you think, Kev? But, what's, your, what's your take on nostalgic factor now versus then i don't know i think it's easier for us to go back and play the games just because like you were saying that we grew up with them so it's just i don't have a problem going back and playing anything that i played back then what about roles doesn't none of that crap matters i just want to play it again what about i guess this is a relevant question for all of us though because we've we're all relatively the same age but games that we haven't played from way back in the day, um, how how do you think, or how do you view those compared to games now? Like, are you able to flip into that old mindset of, okay, now I'm back in 1984 and I'm playing this game, and these are all the other games that were out at this time, so I got to compare them to these games and not what I have now? I can, and if I do that, it's going to come down to the controls. 
I think controls are a lot of it. Because there are some there are some games that are graphically good, soundtrack is good, but the controls are fucking horrendous. Like Dragon Power? Like, Dragon Power is a good one to bring up, maybe. <laughs> and a whole bunch of other ones. It's just like, what the... Like, How did Iron I play Sword? this hot mess? Well, I think also that the consoles will make a big difference, too, because like... Iron Sword is a good example for the for the the NES. Mm-hmm. Game is good, uh, you know the the graphic is pretty good for a time, but at the same time the controls are horrendous in that game, and you can't do what you want your things to do, and it's it's frustrating, and it's frustrating unlike unlike Super Ghouls and Ghosts where I just want to beat it to say fuck you I beat it. It's just more of a God this is dumb why am I trying to do this? <laughs> yeah, I agree with you the know? frustration part. Because so. I feel like we're spoiled. Like, nowadays? Like, yeah. Yeah, if you want a true sense of what gaming was like back in the day, play a Mega Man game. Game just kicks your Mega, ass. Mega Man 1, to be specific. Yes. That game was relentless. Hmm. So good. All right. Well, that's it for emails. If you want to write any in, suggestions, opinions, factory sealed com. What are we playing for next week, guys, besides Chapter 3 of Mother? <laughs> Did we want I'm to tackle get... Heart of Darkness, like someone suggested? See how far we can get into that before getting frustrated. What, what system was that on for again? That's PS1. PS1. Uh, Challenge if accepted. I can, if I can find an actual copy of it, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Kev, I will give you Google directions. All right, if you can get me a stolen illegal copy of that game, I will play it. No, because you NSA own it. NSA is listening. You own it. You just don't have the means to play it. Oh, that's right. No, yeah, whatever. Whatever <laughs> way I have to say it that doesn't get me arrested. Yeah. Um, did any suggestions come up from our emails that you guys want to tackle? I kind of want to try that uh, one that that guy was talking about, if I can find it, that... Uh, the Final Fantasy Tactics precursor one he was saying? Oh, Shin, Shinrin the War? No, it was something Odyssey? I don't know. Oh, here we go. Remember. No. Shining Force? Shining Force, that's the one. Okay. Shining Force Maybe. is pretty good. If I could find it, I'll, I might give it a try. Okay. And I feel like people should tweet us pictures of their retro Halloween costumes. Let's do it. Or Yay, Halloween! Pumpkins. Halloween... Pumpkins of gaming stuff. You can drop them on our Facebook page. Hey. That way they'll be there forever. I also want to uh, throw a little thing out here for every, all the listeners. Um, if you if you want to read a really good story, this is a, it's an off kind of gaming topic, but uh, <laughs> you need to go to lulu.com. Or Amazon.com and pick up a copy of Hard Heart Land by Jesse Vandywalker. It's a list of short stories that he's written, as well as Crow Wing and St. Lucy. You are pimping your friend's book. I know Jesse Vandewalker. Yeah. So go out there and get it. Oh. Uh, Factory Sealed, by the way, is probably going to be listed on the back of the Hard Heart Land when it comes out in hardcover or softback. Really? So, Why? Yeah, because... Because I think I'm, I think I'm getting quoted. Nice. From um, Aaron Robson from Factory Sealed. So there you go. Nice. Fans, go out there. I am pimping out his books. 
but they're really good books, so go ahead and read them. One more thing. I It's getting to be that time of year where we start flipping into the, the festive holiday mode, and I've been known to whip up a few gaming-themed stockings in my day. Oh, yeah. And I was just flipping through some pictures, and uh, two years ago I made that gigantic queen-size Mega Man duvet with... Eleven or twelve hundred two-inch squares that I sewed together, and and Jesus, uh, yeah, it was that was a blast, and all the other stuff on the outside. But I need a new project. I don't know what what types of stockings I should make this year, and I kind of want to make one and give it away to a listener. So, what would be a good universal stocking to make and give away? Hmm. Are we gonna? I feel like that think, should be like a Facebook that. question. Yeah. Send us, Facebook send us your thoughts because I will email. I'll make one. They're high quality. They're good, and they're made with love. Such a housewife. Aw, <laughs> such love. Such love. I might even wipe a booger or two on it. Aww, oh, you just so ruined nice. it. I know. <laughs> well, then you can clone Eric, so it'll be all worth it. Absolutely, because who doesn't want another Eric? That's awkward. Nobody? No. Okay. All right, Nobody. well, Sorry. on that big dead silence, that's going to do it for the show. Jess, where can <laughs> we find you on Twitter? Did, who did you ask? I'm Jess. like panicking. You. At Jessam Clarkson. We you have still to, haven't learned, learned from Eric, last show. Introduce us all. I, I refuse to learn. I can't inter- learn from video games and <laughs> I learn from you. <laughs> it's episode. It's episode twenty-five. You think we're ever going to get this down, Eric? No. No, because you changed the rules. You always used to be like, "Oh, Aaron, where can we find you on Twitter?" Because I needed and to hold your seamless. hands through the first couple episodes, no. and now it's like it's just how we do it. It's just how we do it, Aaron. Like you are Aaron. You can find me at Quilted Tunic. Kevin. You can find me at Dinner Dangles. Eric. You need to have some more enthusiasm. You can find me at Honest Pizza. That's going to do it for the show. We will see you all next week. And if you're hungry, let your pizza lead you to... Ah, fuck it. I'm done. (laughs) 